What is up? It's your girl Ortizis, and you are now locked in to the Intersection Podcast. All right, welcome to the Intersection Podcast. Yes, sir. We are here with who are we here with? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Pete Warren. I'm Pete Warren. I'm just a regular guy. We sitting here. He ain't no regular guy. Okay, <laughs> you gotta actually tell him who you is. All right, my name is Pete Warren. Uh, I'm a socialite. I'll be outside sometimes. I also work in education, work at North uh, Division High School, English 9 teacher, so. He also is the owner of Monarch Lifestyle. He leaves <laughs> a bunch of stuff out. Um, yeah, Monarch as well. Monarch as well. What it about Black t- Coffee? Black Coffee. Black Coffee M- MKE. It's, uh, it's been in my family for about 20 years now. And my daddy started in the, uh, my daddy. My <laughs> pop started <laughs> They go eat me up. They go, uh, my, pop, my pop started it uh, early 2000s. You know what I'm saying? The likes of Jill, Scott, Common, they've all walked through. Uh, we've changed the aesthetic a little bit, but our grand opening is coming soon. So stay on the lookout for that as well. So it was open before and then you guys uh, like remodeled it? Yeah. Well, so it was open. Um, I don't want to get too morbid off tip but it was open my, my brother actually passed uh my pops was go- yeah yeah it's all good my, my pops was going through some stuff so shut down uh some mental health and he back up he you know he's, okay. he's alive and well they got a new little brother okay so, yeah, yeah, i know yeah, that's yeah. right little bro you gonna put him on some serialpreneur game yeah we gonna see we gonna see <laughs> we gonna try to see i gotta see what his competence look like you know babies be Crazy at first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know Can you tell us a little bit about Monarch Lifestyle? So Monarch was actually started in, it started over COVID. Um, I had been helping, prior to that, I have been helping a lot of my friends start businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, some businesses you guys are uh, um, aware of and some not, um, but it had a conversation. We were not supposed to be linking during COVID. This was when we were in quarantine. Had some guys over. They were just telling me like that. You got to monetize. Like you're giving a lot of sauce out for free. And yeah. um, you know, I thought about that. And COVID hit, and I was like, man, what am I gonna do? I need another stream of revenue. So I decided to build Monarch um, as a hub for creatives and op- entrepreneurs to kind of be, be that bridge for them. So. So is it like a management service? Or uh, like yeah. A man, so it's, it's went through many phases. It's almost like a chameleon right now. Okay. Uh, we went from marketing to managing to uh, just kind of power. Uh, power broken and things like that. Right now, I'm focused on uh, building a media hub right now, okay. kind of much like copyright. I don't know if we supposed to tell them what you said. No, yeah, this, yeah. they are her proud <laughs> partners, okay? This yeah. message was not paid for by copyright, but damn <laughs> Yeah, much like copyright. And so um, um, I just wanted to be able to uh, buy, uh, you know, cameras and equipment and stuff like that and just use it for like freelance entrepreneurs who just kind of want to, you know, build their portfolio. And so we're getting there. Uh, we're a couple loans out, but uh, okay. we're, we're getting there. Do you, are you trying to, um, is it more of like an online base or you? it's like a physical space that you're trying to build? Yeah, I mean, ultimately. Or it's built. I know the way the world is going right now, everything is kind of, you know, online. You got to shop mm. online. You got to dang or eat online. Now, yeah. right? But I, I've always uh, been a proponent of uh, giving people something to take home, you know, okay. being tangible. Oh yeah, some tangible, some some for access. Um, you know, working at North Division, I'm able to see the gap in a in a crazy way. Yeah. Um, from the ages this is this is me, this is not no article or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. This is it's PJAP. From the ages of like fifteen to twenty, there's really nothing to do in this city. 
if you it's are not. if you it's are not. not that's why they still in cars yeah especially if you not want if you don't want to go outside and stuff like that you don't want to go to these bars you don't want to be one of those people what can you do if you're young uh go getter entrepreneur entrepreneur you know in the making where can you go to really just get access and kind of like you know spread your wings yeah spread your wings you know what that. I mean? so that's what i wanted my monarch to do uh, and that's what i want monarch to do that's what we will do um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's definitely going through growing pains. Entrepreneurship is not for everybody. It's not, it it's is not. not. Oh my God. And shout it's out not. to all those, uh, LLC people. You know what I mean? <laughs> they kind of had us capped up, had us all riled up over COVID. Talk about some get an LLC and all that type of stuff. And then did nothing with it. Yeah. <laughs> IN number. You got the LLC, but you didn't pay your taxes. You didn't nah, file your absolutely. annual filings. Absolutely. You didn't do none of that. And so that's another thing I wanted Monarch to do as well. I want to, I want to educate people on financial literacy, but also entrepreneurship literacy, yep. right? Uh, we got a big problem in this city, and I, it's a lot. A lot of cities have this problem, but with people with these small businesses, the customer service tends to be terrible, horrible. Yeah. Right. Just because you're a business owner, it doesn't automatically yeah. give you the etiquette. And one of and, and one of the lanes that get the most shit about you Hair know. It, yeah. I need to stop jumping in front of you. No, no, that's what. <laughs> no, that's 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 a fact. That's exactly yeah. what I was about to say. It's the hairstylists, it's the barbers, and things like that. Um, and they they get the they get the most of the shit, but it really trickles down to anything. People yeah. who sell fools, people who sell clothes, yeah. not wanting to text back or email Credit back repair. and stuff like that, right? And I'm not coming at those CEOs, but what I am saying is there's been a significant gap in literacy for entrepreneurs and programs for entrepreneurs. And yes, you know the black um, the black caucus in the city, the black chamber of commerce. I'm sorry, black chamber of commerce in the city has a, a entrepreneur group, but now we're talking about 30, 40 year olds. You know yeah. what I mean? So still we have that problem of. So one of the things we talked about in one of our issues with copyright um, is having a seat at the table and paying homage to those who actually do pass the baton. Absolutely. Um, when they know that their time is coming yeah. to some type of close soon. And even if you're not in that realm of being 40 years old or 30 years old, because, I mean, a lot of people prime is in their 30s. Absolutely. Um, but you don't know that until you in your 20s, in your <laughs> mid-20s. You're like, oh, wait, this looked different on TV, yeah. envisioning 25-year-olds. This looked completely different in movies, envisioning these people who had their life all, to, yeah, all the way together, working for these huge companies at this age. Like, whilst that is the reality for some people, um, it is common that you're not there yet, yeah. um, but it's expected. Yeah, and I think young adults, especially because I was one of those people who put these expectations on myself as an adolescent, not an adolescent, but like a teenager. Yeah. And like when I was a teenager, I thought by 25, I was going to be married. Yeah. I was going to have a kid. Like that's the perfect age. Then my uh, next birthday going to be my golden birthday. Yeah. I'm going to have a kid by then. Yeah, I was like, supposed to be president by now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you see where right. <laughs> people president. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's just no. But the expectation—we need to talk about that yeah. expectation, right? Because expectation—I don't want to drift the conversation too much because I know we're talking about entrepreneurship. But it also uh, is also expectation is also the killer of not only dreams and aspirations on an entrepreneurship level, but it's also the killer for a lot of relationships. Absolutely. A lot of relationships. Absolutely. You know, we, we hear that. You learn that later, though. Yeah. No, you do. And it um, unfortunately, it's a crash course. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're still we're still a long time from coming, you know, especially in the black community, coming from not coming from broken families. Like, I want to yeah. say everyone I know, for the most part, at least 75% of people I know, 
come from a broken family, right? Yeah, and so, like a one-parent household. Yeah, and we're sent on this road, right? They, they gear us up, and if, you, if, you're a, if you're a young man and you're raised by single moms, she's might, she might be teaching you about girls. And if you, you know, vice versa, you're a young girl, you're raised by a single mom or, or your dad or something like that, they might be teaching you about boys. But for yeah. the most part, it's a crash course. Yeah, you, know you got to I mean? figure it out. Absolutely. And, and I mean, I'm, can, we can jump right into a, a hot, hot take. So as far as like the one the one parent household goes, um, it's always debates on whether like a mom can be like a dad or like mm. uh, giving your mom thanks on Father's Day and stuff like that. Even though usually it does come from like shade, like yeah. they're purposely giving an ode to their mom on Father's Day yeah. to shade their dad. Um, or they're saying like, oh, well, my mom was the father that I never had and all this other stuff. How do you feel about people who say that moms can teach their sons how to be a man? I got a, I got a, I got a lot to say on this. So, <laughs> you know, I was raised, I talked about my pops, shout out to him. Uh, but we, we here to, this is the intersection, we're here to be honest. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have a relationship to my, with my pops until I was about 18, right? Really? Yeah. So, you know, my moms really raised me. I was, I had to... I was blessed early. God chose me for real because I was raised in a household with my great grandma, my grandma, and my moms. Okay. Right. So you know, I had that interge- intergenerational perspective early on. Right. My grams, my grams, my great grams actually taught me how to read from picking up seasonings in the kitchen and stuff like oh, that. Oh wow! Right? And so my 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 thoughts on the question you're asking, I feel as though moms are good stewards of giving you identity, mm-hmm. right? Especially young men. They give us our identity. They tell us we're handsome. They tell us we're, you know what I'm saying, we, we have worth. You know, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, in yeah, most cases. Yeah, that's what you would hope. Yeah, because I know a lot of dudes. I got a couple homies who come from, you know, moms who were, you know, they, they still kind of bitter. They still going yeah. through their own trauma, so they weren't the best at uh, expressing some of that stuff. But uh, for the most part, in my experience, uh, my mom's kind of instilled all that stuff in me early. When I got about 13, that is when, and, I, and I'm so thankful for her, she kind of realized that she built me up, but now the man's job is to now show you how to use those tools that you've been given from your moms, I believe, right? I think okay. that even when you watch like, two, like the Cosby's and things like mm-hmm. that, or uh, Blackish, if you notice that these, when these fathers are present in the home, they're still kind of quiet, whatever your mom says and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's because dad is dad's role is to really just show, mm-hmm. just be the be the example. Um, so to answer the question exactly, no, nah, I don't think women can raise a man to be a man. I think that women give men their identity, uh, give children their identity, and then I think it's up for the community, especially if you're coming from a broken home. It's up for the community, the men, the pillars in the, the community, as far as male roles go, to kind of show that identity, and that because that's what happened to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Going to high school. My track coach, he, my mom's told him, like, please. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, you know, that's <laughs> we're from that era a little bit. We, I mean, we young, but we still yeah. come from that era where, like, you know, you can whip him if he get out of line. Or, you, yeah. you know, you know, like, check him if he get out of line. And that's yeah. what they did. It wasn't just my track coach. It was all his frat brothers. He was a member of uh, Omega Psi Phi. Shout out to those dudes, man. Okay. They, they good people, good people, good people. I and uh, I am Greek, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I just wanted to shout them out because they, they've definitely been uh, role models in the community. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was people like him instilling that type of stuff, showing me how to use emotional intelligence. 
know what I'm saying, when to react, when not to react. You know what I mean? Moms, I didn't really get a lot of emotional intelligence from moms. <laughs> you know, shout out to my mama. But I didn't, you know. Yeah, absolutely. When it was turn up time, it was turn up time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, that's one of my biggest tools t to this day is emotional intelligence and being able to, you know, pick and choose my battles. So would you say at, you're at the <laughs> intersection of, um, as far as the question goes, you will be at the intersection of while, yes, the mother for the provides the tools um, that are needed to explore your manhood, but your father is supposed to be the person teaching you how to actually utilize those tools that were given to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So that's the intersection. Yeah, that's the intersection. Two. That's the intersection of that. And that, I think it goes for women and men, right? Mm -hmm. Because on a girl side, now I'm not a, obviously, right? But you got to sometimes <laughs> state that because. His know. pronouns are he, him. Okay. That, and that nigga. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I would I would hope, you know, because my, I want girls. I want girls. I want to be a girl dad, hopefully, right? Mm -hmm. Wishing on a star. But uh, I would hope that I, it, it works in reverse. I would hope that I build my daughter up, her, tell her who she is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Tell her who, 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 what she should aspire to be and things yeah. like that. And hopefully my wife um, can show her how to use those tools. You know what I mean? Yeah, my relationship with my parents is kind of weird because it's not like a very traditional yeah. like two-parent household because it was never a two-parent household. Like they both did their own, like they both had separate influences yeah. on me completely. Like I don't have like a goody-goody relationship with my dad. Like mm -hmm. we cool, like yeah. we buddies, like that's my guy. <laughs> but like that's more of my guy than it is like, oh, that's my dad. It's mm -hmm. like you're my you my nigga, but you my dad yeah. on some on on like a level like that where as far as my mom goes, it's like I can't ever look at her as a friend. Like I can't like I can joke with her, but yeah. like I can't look at her in any other way than <laughs> that's my mama. That's like my I mama. can't yeah. even if I'm grown, like there's been times where she's like, Oh, you like you you wanna have a drink or something? Yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not drinking. Yeah, I, with still, you, bro. I still don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, I got, I got a lot of friends who do that. They turn up with their parents. Yeah, no, no shade. I yeah. just I can't. do what you want to do. Whatever works for you. But as somebody who grew up with a, a parent who um, struggled with substance abuse, that I can't indulge in that with you. Mm. Like I can I do that like with my dad. Neighbor. Like yeah. if me and my dad were to go to a bar or something like yeah. that's cool because yeah. it's a different perspective on him. I don't have those expectations, yeah. as you said with my dad as I do my mom. But they're both great in their own way. Yeah. And growing up, my dad wasn't around me a lot. He was very financial, financially available though. So I would never went like like outside because he always was there financially. But like, I didn't really know him like that. Yeah. I just knew when there was a consequence needed or if there was, I needed a stern talking to, Absolutely. that's when I would talk to my dad. So he was the parent who had to play the good cop, bad yeah. cop with me because he didn't want to be like like shaking his finger at mm. me because it's like, I don't want to just be swooping in and just yeah. every time you hear from me, I'm like saying you should be doing better. But he got to, he was able to be the hero mm. because he did he wasn't around mm. um, physically, but he was around financially. And there's nothing wrong with that either yeah. because I love them both the same. So how does that, how do, how do you think, how do you feel like that shapes you into like the mother that you want to be one day if you want kids? I don't um, know. I don't want kids for real, but like if that were to happen after 30, um, I think that I would just be a very conscious parent because mm. um, I've 
seen both sides. I've seen the absent parent and I've seen the very overprotective yeah. parent. Yeah. And then I've had like the community parents. Then I have the godparents. Like I have so many different influences of parenting on yeah. me. Um, that's probably why I turned out okay. Yeah. Because and I had so many different influences that's, on me. That's one of the things that I can relate to that, especially when you said the community parents. Those are so important. We yeah. don't give people that we just meet on a whim or meet at certain junctions of our lives. We don't give them enough credit, I feel, because, um, you know, growing up without a, a, a stable um, father figure, you got to kind of mix and match different pieces of, yeah. of great men, from my experience, right? Mm -hmm. I want to take a little bit of this wisdom from uh, this person and take a little bit of the action from this person, yeah. you know what I mean? I want to I want to be able to talk like this person yeah, and things like that. Exactly. And then you build like you're this, building your own Avenger. This, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're building this, um, this makeshift pops, you know what I mean? And yeah. Now, my makeshift pops has, has never left my side and, and it's it's helped me have conversations with my actual biological father yeah, as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, like, not to say that I didn't have a dad growing up. Mm -hmm. My stepdad was very, very present. Yeah. My little brother's dad, that, that was, like, my dad. Um, like, we lived with him and everything. Like, it was a whole nine yards. He was an army dad. Okay. So, you can imagine um, the the childhood that I had. Like, I couldn't <laughs> leave from in front of the house. <laughs> and I could only play with the neighbors next yeah. door. Like, couldn't go two houses down. Oh, no, yeah, you good. Um, but he taught me my, like, boundaries he taught me like to comb my hair, yeah. like you a girl, you, your hair is not supposed to be, well he used to say looking wild. Yeah, like yeah. I couldn't wear my hair down when I was a kid mm. because I was too grown. Okay. He was one of them dads. That's different. Yeah, right, <laughs> and, but you, he's also from Mississippi. Yeah, okay. Where Mississippi, yeah, like, yeah. so it's like a completely different parenting style, but I needed that at that time. Yeah. Um, and he still like, we still talk here and, here and there, but um, that was my makeshift dad. So like my actual biological dad was there financially while mm -hmm. I had a present dad that was actually there in home with me doing the, yeah. the actual parenting. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, I got the best of both worlds in a way. Um, but it's like, it depends on who you ask, yeah. Yeah. but I, you wouldn't think that I would have that type of perspective on that, but that's, I'm I'm happy you worked out the way it worked yeah, out. Absolutely. Because I know what that looks like and I know what I don't want to do to my kid. Mm. Not saying that I was raised bad or anything, but like I would hope for a two parent household. Yeah. But my mom and dad would were never together. Yeah. So we, that that the hope for a two parent household is real. I'm absolutely praying for that. I want to be you know, I know we in it's a podcast and they 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 they're used to salaciousness and all yeah. this, you know, anti uh, monogamy stuff, yeah. right? I'm a one. I'm a one woman dude. I am. I am. I can't even manage my own personality sometimes. So managing multiple personalities, especially with the "give me this nigga" culture we live in. Yeah. Nah, I'm cool. I yeah. It's it's. I don't have that problem because I'm in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can only imagine. It's it was it was terrible. I got lucky because <laughs> my boyfriend didn't live here. Yeah. I'm not blaming all of them. Obviously, we. Our benefactor. I mean, we attribute to that too. But when I when we talk about like how the culture, our culture, twenty something culture is set up, right? It's bad. It is it's the vicious. most scrambled. It's more scrambled than I don't even know if y'all can see the carpet, but it's more scrambled than the carpet. Like yeah. it's like it's everywhere. It's like all right, you know what? Scrap that. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell this story. I I remember my freshman year in high school. I was 
13 or so, right? And I had this crush on this chick. She was super fly. I just thought she was so I thought fly. you was going to say she was super thick. No, 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 no. <laughs> she was just fly. She was just fly. She was just fly. She was like super fly. And, you know, she had a little bit of, you know, snappiness to her, but I like that. You know, mm-hmm. I think I get that. Give her some edge. Yeah, yeah, some edge, right? And so, you know, I remember trying to holler at her. I'm 13. I remember her being like, you ain't got no car. You ain't got no house. Like, you never be able to talk to me. Shut me down. I remember that scarred me. I'm going to tell you why that scarred me. As a freshman in high school? Listen, listen, I didn't come to that realization until like <laughs> maybe three years after that. Like, dang. You was a Yeah, I wasn't even able to. I had the pressure in my. She did that to me, and I'm blaming her. Whoever, I forget your name, but I remember you was fly and cute. So you remember this face too. Yeah. But what I'm. You ain't got your own house and car <laughs> But no, so, so imagine that. We're both freshmen. Yeah. And she's telling me that, right? Yeah. So I remember, now I'm not speaking for every dude, I'm not the voice of the niggas, but <laughs> I, re- I remember being in a situation and thinking, like, dang, like, I guess I do got to get a car. I guess I do got to get a house, right? But I'm 13. I wasn't thinking, like, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't put reality in that place. You weren't rationalizing. Yeah, I wasn't rationalizing at all. And so, right, let's, let's fast forward to today, right? You get a lot of situations in which um, a lot of these dudes are taking penitentiary chances, messing with their mental health, all because, in listen, they going to say it's for them and they grew from the mud, but a lot of this is, this new narrative of niggas having to get everything right away so you can take care of me. Now, yeah. this is not the 50-50 conversation. I'm not trying to have that conversation. I do believe men are supposed to be providers. Okay, good. Right? I do. No, I do. We agree on I, that. I, I believe don't men, like my take I, on that. I believe men are supposed to be providers. But you have to, it's a process to become a provider. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like You, you got to know who you are, first of all, in company with. Absolutely. <laughs> so if... If you asking somebody who like, not saying that working a normal job is like impossible to provide a hundred percent for somebody else, but like you asking these regular ass people to basically take care of your grown ass and you not doing, you just, and it's the first date yeah. though. Like it's yeah. not like, oh, we've been together for well, some and time I, and I'm also And I'm also ready for women to, some women to start being honest with themselves. A lot of women don't got work ethic. So, so, so they be wanting, oh, I need you to take care of this and take care of that. I need this and I need a man that's going to do this. I need a man to go, mind you, I believe men's supposed to be providers. <laughs> okay. But I feel like a lot of that is, is, is coming from a lot of that pressure that some women are putting on men is coming from their inability to work, their inability and to, to coming have from that go get A so? lot of this coming from the internet. Yeah. They look at the rapper Baby Mamas um, and they like... If, if all you got to do is fuck on this nigga and <laughs> not abort the baby and then you're going to be set for life, yeah. that's all you got to do. Yeah. And they've seen it time and time again where these normal ass people hook up with these celebrities and now that's they, that's they yeah. meal ticket. So now they want meal tickets from every yeah. nigga they come in contact yeah. with. So it's like, oh, how you doing? You got some money? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Giving. I do that. <laughs> I used to do that, but not so aggressively yeah. like there's a yeah. way that you can read into somebody when you meeting them on if they're gonna spend money freely or not courtship is real like yeah. I, I don't mind i don't mind paying for anything yeah right when that when my natural um i don't want to call it uh charity but <laughs> <laughs> when my when my natural just y'all gonna just, be shooting the pins <laughs> when my natural like, my natural ability to just be like, hey, man, I want to experience this with you, right? Let's mm-hmm. do it. And, and it's just natural for me to be like, all right, this is yeah, the truth. Yeah, because right? you don't, 
you don't have to think about that. When that it's then not turns pressure. into a job, that's when I have the issue. <laughs> that's when I have, you ain't signing off on no checks. You right. You know what I mean? And so, like, I just, I think that we're in this weird vacuum in, the, in your 20-somethings of expectation. Yeah. It's, I've, like I said, I think it all stems from the internet and those, first of all, the internet isn't real. Yeah. So everything that you see on the internet is, is a unrealistic expectation. Absolutely. First of all, we're not supposed to be seeing so much other shit at one time. That's not normal for our brains. Yeah. It's not normal for our brains. Um, second of all, you've already, like, it, for example, Instagram, you're already have millions of mm -hmm. millions of people, ex like, you can ex access those many people yeah. at one time. Yeah. And I... You can see what celebrities are eating for breakfast. You can see them riding in their cars. And it shouldn't be like that. It's yeah. too much access. Yeah. So you're constantly seeing all of this stuff coming at you. You're seeing Range Rovers every day. You're seeing these BBOs. You're seeing um, these girls finessing these niggas and just getting money. And you're thinking, like, oh, okay, if it's that easy, I'm going to just do that. In reality, that's not how you eat. Yeah. Like, the people that you're seeing doing it, it's a method to it. It's a process. They're not going to tell you that yeah. it's a method to it. They're just going to show you the the reaping of the benefits. Absolutely. They're not going to tell you what they had to do to, to uh, be around that person Absolutely. or uh, get that money spent on them. They're not going to tell you yeah. what they had to do for that. They're just going to show you, I'm in, I'm in um, the islands right yeah. now. And, and, and that's another thing as well, because I also want to... Uh, addressing another group of people as well. So I, uh -huh. I, I kind of was hard on the women just a minute ago, but these podcast poodle dudes <laughs> who, who be talking this beta male, alpha male stuff, either you that guy or you're not. That's how I feel. And what I mean by that guy, right? This is what I mean by that guy. Some of the encounters with women that I've had versus some of the encounters that I hear, some of these horror stories that I hear that these mm -hmm. dudes are talking about, I've never experienced before, right? Really? And, I'm a, and the reason that I feel like me personally, I haven't experienced those is because I don't put myself in a position to uh, to get that treatment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when I say either you're that guy or you're not, either you got the confidence or you don't. Right. Either you believe in what you are capable of or you don't. Right. Yeah. The minute that I feel like some women can like see, spot that. Yeah. Yeah. Finesse. Right. Or spot that weakness. That's when they'll take that's when they'll hit that bone mm -hmm. all the time. Right. And so, you know, a lot of these dudes are setting a lot of these, uh, a lot of these 13-year-old boys, 15-year-old boys up for Set failure. Up. <laughs> oh, you need to be an alpha male. How do you become an alpha? You need to read the 48 yeah, laws. Yeah, no, no, fuck the 48 laws. <laughs> <laughs> fuck them, right? Because, like, for me personally, how I teach the, uh, the boys I work with, it's about a process. It's about putting yourself in a position, right? to reap the benefits of whatever you are like sowing, mm -hmm. right? You have to, you gotta work. And, yeah. a, and as men, our generation, we got the laziest niggas, niggas alive, <laughs> right? And, and, they're, and, they're, and, and you know, a lot of these dudes go, oh, he pandering, he a pandering poodle. Yeah. No, y'all just podcast poodles, right? And, yeah. and I'm not pandering, I'm just speaking real. Like, I feel like as men, you know, we said, my granddad came from Yazoo City, Mississippi. These started, Mississippi people. Worked at A.O. Smith. Walked from A.O. Smith back home, right? Used the money for A.O. Smith to open up one of the first black-owned car uh, shops in the city, okay. right? And so that example, him and my grandma also had 16 children. That's a lot of... That's a lot of goddamn kids, right? I pray right? for her over. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, shout out to my family, by the way. But, you know, seeing that work ethic, 
Now, mind you, my granddad passed before I was, you know, coherent. Mm-hmm. You know, you go through that stage when you're little where you're just like, oh, I'm alive. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so he passed before I had that moment uh, with him. But uh, just the example, right, of work and hard work and, and what that looks like was, was given to me, uh, I guess, through DNA. And so I am always a proponent of men doing the work, right? We wouldn't have to have these conversations about 50-50 if men did the work. Now, here's the other thing to that, because there's a caveat to it, right? Women also have to respect the process. You have to. If I'm a work, you got to respect the process. That's yeah. the intersection. That's, that's the in- uh, This is a mic drop. <laughs> I, I can't take my mic off yeah. and drop it, but that's a mic drop. <laughs> that's the intersection. Okay, so speaking of being a serialpreneur, right? <clears throat> How do you balance your personal work life with that? I'm still learning. I, I am still learning. I've, I'm such, I'm, I'm so stoic. And it's crazy, right? Because when we see each other outside, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's with, you, with your friends or with your, with your dude and things mm-hmm. like that, it's always love, right? But mm-hmm. th- it's a reason. Because when I see you, I know that that's money. We, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We didn't did the love project and the mm-hmm. intersection and stuff like that. Uh, and I know that what you are doing is super interesting. So you're always going to have something. Like a to, new idea. Yeah, some, a new idea, some japs, some some type of jewel to drop, right? There's a lot of people that I just do not want to talk to these days. <laughs> They're just not interested. They're not interesting, right? And, and, and especially in Milwaukee, right? A lot of people conversations start off with somebody else's business. Yeah, it start off with gossip. That's yeah. The, that's the talking point. Girl, did you hear? Girl, let me tell you. <laughs> girl, tell me why. Like, girl, tell me. I'm going to listen. Yeah. I'm going to eat it up, yeah. okay? But I ain't going to spit <laughs> oh, I'm it I'm going to listen, huh? <laughs> Hey, I'm a journalist at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to listen, yeah. but I'm not going to repeat it. It's, it's going to mm-hmm. live and die there. Now, I remember having a conversation with a, uh, a girl at the bar. We were like 30 minutes in, and she looked at me, and she was like, and hey, this has been a great conversation. We ain't had one shot, right? And I, and I love that. That was like the, for, for me, I don't know why I'm weird like that, but that was like yeah. the best compliment yeah. that somebody could have you know, gave me. Yeah, because y'all sitting there chopping it up. Y'all yeah. at the bar to yeah. drink. Yeah, no, we just yet. chopping. And it's, and it's a normal conversation, you know, about life and things like that. But a lot of times you talk about uh, merging the social life versus the serial entrepreneurial life, right? A lot of times hard, that's a hard, like, uh, a merger because sometimes I'm thinking about, okay, I need to follow up with this person. I need to email that person. I don't think it's possible. Yeah, I, you don't. I don't think balance is possible in our life <clears throat> because even when you're not at work, you're going to be thinking about work. Yeah. That don't mean that it has to be stressful, yeah. but I don't think that balance is always the only way to be stress-free. Yeah. I, well, I'm a Libra, so obviously in like astronomy, I would be like a balanced person in the stars or something, but I thrive best in chaos. Mm. As you can see, five minutes before the podcast, <laughs> I'm doing my eyebrows. Like, I, I can. That's the only way that I can function. And you know what? I, so I'm a Virgo, and okay. I'm the exact opposite. I <laughs> don't give me. It nothing. can't be too chaotic. No, uh, controlled hell, chaos. Hell no. Nah, like I need to know. I need to know who gonna be there, when they gonna be there, <laughs> how long they gonna be there. Yeah. Like I need to know all of that type of stuff. I'm a very punctual person. And uh, I always tell people, maybe I'm giving out some sauce about myself, but I don't care, mm-hmm. right? But I always tell people the best way to get me is to surprise me. If 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 I know, I'm gonna tweet that. I'm gonna if, tweet that. If, I got, if I got any 
information beforehand, mm-hmm. I'm able to come up with scenarios on top of scenarios on top of scenarios, and I can maneuver around those scenarios. So nothing comes to me surprised. Yeah. But if you just do something, it's gonna throw you off. Oh, it's gonna throw me off. It's gonna throw me off. Absolutely. And then you can't can't blame me. Yeah. Because you threw me off. Yeah, yeah. I'm so good. now whatever reaction you get is is that's that's you brought yeah. that on yourself. Yeah. Because I don't. Yeah, I don't treat people like that as well. So I I expect that, but also yeah. Yeah, I also do that as well. What keeps you um, inspired as a creator? Um, wanting more, wanting to create access, wanting uh, to normalize being decent. <laughs> no, real talk. Like I, I think creatives, I think creatives, especially now, we see some of our artists going way out there to yeah. get these, almost like selling a soul type thing. Yeah. To get these views and these clicks. Uh, but I think true creativity comes from comes from within. You know what I mean? It's about like I walk I walk outside and I don't care. I can see a little kid with like a runny nose or something like that, and it, it will flash me back to when I had the runny nose. Yeah. Right? Like, and when why I was why, why not? trying to figure out my way. And so for yeah. that, I'm like, you know what? I want to create something for that kid to have access to when he's 20. I don't want him to be like me when I was 17 or when I was when I was 20 and things like that. I want I don't want his come up to be so hard. I want to absolutely build an infrastructure that he can pull from at any given time. So that's that's what keeps me motivated. All right, press, 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 press. Cardi, don't me. Okay. Um, how do you handle bad press or even people you perceive as just haters? You know what? I just had a situation not too long ago. I had bad press. Oh my goodness. Oh my. It <laughs> do came, tell. Look. It came, <laughs> Let me tell. Oh, you. we at the intersection. We gonna keep it real. <laughs> it came out of nowhere. You know, I did some uh, business with a, a friend okay uh, and she was I had an up-and-coming uh, brand and I was doing some business with that we were creating some things had a, a, a lot of shared ideas um, with with her brand right okay. and um, it's like collab anyway yeah it was, it was a lot it was a lot of collab but it was all her I don't want to take credit yeah. for like her overall business it was it really okay. was all her I was just there to kind of help as I saw fit. Yeah. Um, and you know, mixing the friendship with the, the business, I don't, I wouldn't suggest that, but it took me to, I had to learn, I had to go you through that. You gotta go, the only way is Yeah, cause you know, yeah. everyone says, oh, my people ain't like that. Like my, until my friend, it's business. Yeah, until it's business, right? And so I had to go through that, but um, you know, long story less long, <laughs> we, uh, we end up falling out. We had, a, we had a situation where, you know, she posted some egregious allegations about me on uh, Instagram, as far as like, you know, I'm a bad business person and oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I don't follow up. So and it stuff is like in that. regards to the business. Yeah, right. And so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, no, it's nothing. It's nothing personal. Even if it was, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it right now. But well, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so you know, she she went online and I had receipts. I told okay. y'all when I'm prepared, I'm at my best, <laughs> right? So I have receipts, and I I always have contingency plans for people. Yeah. Right, I don't know. Just that, in case, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I saw. I'll tell you where I got that from real quick. I know I'm on a tangent, but you I saw. Could. I saw. I was watching some some cartoon or something like that. It was Batman and Superman. They were sitting at like a deli or something like that, right? And uh, Batman told Superman, he was like, uh, "Yeah, I got a contingency plan for you." And I was just like, "Wow!" But they're absolutely friends. And I was yeah. just like, and I remember having seeing that moment. And something burst in my mind. I was like, "When you are in business, like we can be cool, we can be friends." Right, but there needs I need to have a plan, not necessarily to tear you down, but I need yeah. to have a plan for me to pivot. Yeah. If if things go awry, right? Yeah. And so I wanted to 
upload all my emails and all my... Yeah, and then you thought about it. Yeah, and I thought about it, right? And the reason I thought about it, one, was because if I had fed into the bad allegations, it would feed the narrative that... You're bad for business. I'm bad for business, but also it would also feed a narrative that she was bad for business. And I, and even in that chaos, I still wanted to look out for her. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because it was the friendship that did that. Now, that's a very mature P. That's, that's very mature. No, it's a, it's a very mature it's P. It's very mature. And that I'm just going to circle that back to um, when you were talking about <clears throat> business etiquette. There's certain things that you bring to the internet. Mm-hmm. If I feel like if you are getting dragged for bad service and you don't have a solution to that problem, um, just wait to respond yeah. until yeah. you actually have a solution to that Absolutely. problem. Because a lot of times people are taking it as this is my business, mm-hmm. you're hurting my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, while that is respected, it's not etiquette. Yeah. Um, because if I'm sitting here, I, if I have a bad review about my candles, right, shout out to Teeswax. Um, and somebody is blasting me on Facebook, my first instinct is not going to go to their post like, okay, but you weren't saying that when you was buying the yeah, candle and yeah. you said it was fine when blah, 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 and all this other stuff. It's going to be, I'm sorry you had that experience. Absolutely. I'm sorry you feel that way. Absolutely. If there's nothing that further I can help you with, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry for this experience, but we can just, yeah. we can just depart that way. Absolutely. And, and, we, and people don't understand that. We, we got we to gotta normalize just being decent. Yeah. I, I am a big proponent on that. Like, I know people talk about, like, excellence and striving for excellence. I'm not necessarily go as far as to be like, oh, we just need to be normal. Yeah. I do think we need to be decent. You know what I mean? Uh, but to just go back to that situation, uh, it, was, it, it absolutely was the first time I had receive bad press. I, mm-hmm. I, I pride myself on being a pretty good dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I that could have went a lot of different ways. It could have went a lot of different ways. And you know, I had people in my corner telling me to like just post it. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, they was they was like, yeah. do it, do it, do it, you know. It's like, hey, but this not y'all business yeah. and y'all brand yeah. online. And so yeah, and I and I didn't and already, you know, I don't have the I haven't mastered the social media aspect to it. Now my business as it stands right now is a very tangible I'm outside, you need me to pull up, you need some work, you need a think tank type business right now. I'm mastering, I'm trying to figure out this social media aspect of it. Uh, but uh, if I would have fed into that, I think it would have killed any chance of social media growth. Yeah, it would have. You know what I mean? Because then you would only be tied to the narrative of like, oh, I remember this brand yeah. was arguing online with yeah. one of his clients. But that, but that that's why character is very important. Yeah. Right? Because a lot of, after that, the aftermath of that situation, I had people come to me like, dog, I have never seen somebody handle a situation like that. Yeah. Like, you did that. Like, I actually learned something from that. You know what yeah. I mean? Had people telling me like, nah, Pete, you know, you know you're a good dude, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, don't even feed into that type yeah. of stuff. Right? And it's funny because in the midst of the chaos, what I say? It was people telling me, no, nah, go there, go yeah. there, go there, go there. Take it to hell. They right? go low, you take but it to soon hell. As I, but as soon as I chose to rise above that, it, it wasn't was, entertaining anymore. It wasn't entertaining, but also it was a learning lesson for the people who were telling me to go there. Yeah. Because those were the same people coming back and like, dog, you know what? I gave you bad advice. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely <laughs> almost crashed you out, one. But you absolutely helped me, and you, you know what I mean? I took and it was a learning experience that. for them. Absolutely, absolutely. And also, you know, I believe, to all my serial preneurs out there, it is a 72-hour rule. I'm going to tell you what the 72-hour rule is. Shout out to Kevin Hart. I got this from him when he was sitting down with Oprah. When things are published bad about you, mm-hmm. you had about a 72-hour lifespan on that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, if it's something like super personal, you can do some creepy shit. Yeah. Yeah, right. Whatever. Don't be R. But, Kelly. Yeah, don't be That's not R. Go Kelly. Or uh, 
But yes, yeah, so, so I believe in a seventy-two hour rule. Like that first twenty-four hours is gonna be crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Obviously, that's when all that raw emotion is there. Forty-eight hours puts you at a good perspective of like, damn, that really how happened. people are going. Yeah, react to it. seventy-two hours. Somebody else did some bullshit. So now everybody else is gone. <laughs> they over focused there. on that. Yeah. Now. So I, I, I believe I, I believe in the seventy-two hour rule, and I use that in all aspects of my life. Good. It's a good lesson to apply. Yeah. yeah. Because just as the business situation happened um, wherever it did happen on Instagram or yeah, Facebook Instagram, or yeah, yeah. Um, nobody was talking about that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the days after that no it died there it, in it, the t- 24-hour process yeah, that it was up yeah, yeah but I did I did so I'm because somebody go pull up the receipts I did po- make one post that's fine and the post was this is what people do when their business ain't going good so <laughs> that was well the- <laughs> We ain't perfect. <laughs> yeah, I don't think nobody in them sweaters right now, anyway. So, you know, we. <laughs> I'm glad I, I don't need no sweater. I got a yeah, long yeah, sleeve dress yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, they shrink after you. Never mind. Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. you look. Now he's throwing shade. So now no, we're we gonna go right good, to the good. hot takes, right? We, <laughs> we got three hot takes. I'm just for playing. You. No smoke. No smoke. Please do not DM me. No, bring the smoke. We need to smoke for <laughs> the questions. <laughs> All right. So first hot take. Dun, 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 dun. As an educator, right? What are your thoughts about the now viral teacher versus student altercation? Yo, all right, bro. Listen, <laughs> that's so crazy because I just had a student. I promise you. I was getting on them. I, I, I robbed my students hard, especially when they come. My school is a little different, and I'm not going to you know, shit on, on North or NPS because they, they paying me the big bucks, right? Mm-hmm. But I just had a student walk out my room. He was mad at me, and he was like, I got something for you. I got something for you. Got the gun signing like yeah. that, whatever. And uh, I almost, I almost <laughs> you, lost it. You almost uh, clocked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I almost <laughs> lost it. But you got to remember, I'm in my 20 somethings teaching kids, yeah. right? So I don't have these years of experience of, of patience yeah. when it comes to that, right? Yeah. I can almost put out any fire that happens in my class. I got good classroom management. But uh, sometimes uh, it is very hard to... Uh, Control your emotions in those situations because you are human. Yeah, as a, as you can a, get triggered from anything. As an educator, uh, they've taken out a lot of in education. They just to broaden the topic, they've taken out a lot of um, disciplinary actions. Okay. Right, meaning like obviously you can't suspend students a lot. Right, mm-hmm. that's a big thing because we were NPS at one point was like their their suspension rates was going crazy. Right, yeah. so obviously they've they've disbarred that to a, to an extent, but. Even even down to like the the referral process, it's, it's it's such a long process. You know, you got people overworked as far as administration and things like that. So they're not responding to you uh, with the sense of urgency that you may feel being placed in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, as far she as she didn't she didn't even get a chance to call security. Ex- exactly. But as far as that situation goes, I mean, you got two people sitting there who obviously couldn't control their emotions. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, you, we probably shouldn't be expecting that from a, a student. That sense of control. Yeah. Uh, as an educator, I ain't really with the... I'm not going to try to hurt nobody's child. I will defend myself. Yeah. If I have to. I hope this don't come back to harm. <laughs> but <laughs> I, will, I will defend myself. I would have liked that teacher to maybe just pin her down. She was obviously bigger than her. That was my only... Rip. 
thing about that altercation. It's like, I understand somebody just punched, like, given you tried to move her off, you tried to clear your space, and she kept entering your space. Yeah. Completely understand that. And you got punched in your shit. Completely understand why you would want to punch somebody back. But the fact that y'all got, you got to dragging her and beating her ass on the floor, that's, now you just beating yeah. her ass. Now that's, you not defending yourself. You just literally just pummeling her at yeah. this point. Let, let's really, let's really talk about it though. I mean, one of the, <laughs> one of the biggest things with that is though, like, as a student, right? Shout out to all my students out there who might see this. As a student, one thing, one of the things I, I tell my students all the time is, if you were me, would you let me talk to you that way, right? Like, would you let me talk to you that way? Would you let me approach you that way? And nine times out of ten, it's no, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that I want to, I don't like shitting on parents a lot, especially because I'm working in 53206, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? One of the most segregated, one of the most crime-ridden areas in, Forest. you know what I'm saying, the country, let alone our, you know, city. small, yeah, our, our city and our state. But, um... I, so I hate to put the pressure on the parents. Like, I mean, y'all need to do better because, you know, when I called that child's, when I called that boy's mom's, she broke down and cried because what we're going through at the school was nothing compared to what she's absolutely going through at home. At home. And so yeah. it was like, to me, it was a reminder that, you know. They're trying, but it's only so much a parent actually can absolutely, do. Absolutely. Absolutely. After a certain age. But again, again, we got all these. Community. Beta, 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 <laughs> alpha male podcast poodles teaching these kids that you need to stand up for yourself and the alpha uh, operates in this way and, you know, I would never take that. Like, like it's never been like that. We, yeah. what you just say about your, like, your, your, your moms, like, you still are in a situation where you won't drink around her. You know what I'm saying? You won't, yeah. you, you won't do, like, she ain't your friend. Yeah. I still. I'm I, not kicking it with you, bro. I, I might let a hell slip around my moms or yeah. something like that, but for the most part, I, don't even, I still don't even cuss around my moms. The only time I cuss around my mom is if I got to be extra pissed, like, yeah. at the point where I'm, I'm ready to fight pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and she would be gassing me up, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> you see, that's a situation in a, a, a time, right? But in this case, you know, you, you got these kids who gassed up. Mm -hmm. They gassed up. And nine times, I don't even know the situation. I guarantee her phone was about to get taken or something like that. Yeah. No, her phone did get taken. That's it. So that's And, and she said, you took my phone, but you didn't take nobody else's phone. Yeah. And then that was that's how the whole thing started. Yeah, they're more addicted to the phones now than I think we ever were. Uh, we ain't had I don't as wanna, much technology. Yeah, I don't want to age us too crazy. Like, we're still in our 20-something, so I just, like, easy on us. But um, I remember taking a, 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 a phone from him, and he absolutely... Now, mind you, this kid doesn't talk. Mm. This is not. This is a separate kid from that first situation I was mm. talking about. This kid doesn't talk. I took his phone because he just it kept playing loud or something like that. I, I can't really remember. But um, he, he, flipped out. he went berserk. And I had never seen him even respond. I'm talking about uh, uh, maybe not even like an angry face or a smile. Like He was always just kind of like just there. even killed. I took that phone and it was like a... You triggered him. Yeah, triggered him. And so a lot yeah, of this stuff is that. attached to you know social media as well. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let's transition to the last two topics. Um, so what are your thoughts on music drop spamming? That's their second hot take. So music drop spamming is, uh, the example is people releasing 10 remixes to one song to block the charts. Mm. So our, the most recent example was uh, they were crucifying Nicki Minaj for dropping an extended version of, um, dang, what song was that? It was a song she just released with, maybe it was Ice Spice, okay. the Princess Deanna remix. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she dropped the remix and then she dropped 
a sped up version, a slowed version, yeah. an extended version, and then the barbs were buying it. So it started <laughs> blocking the charts. And people were complaining that she's now bullying the charts now. Like, if you know you have that much influence, should you be music spamming? Yeah. But it's like, also, it's kind of the point. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like, one, I think maybe they're doing that to appeal to like the TikTok, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just all the remixes. And also, I think we're going to see a lot more of that, especially with the AI stuff coming out. Yeah. Right? That's if, dangerous. If I have a computer who can make almost a better hit than me, yeah. I'm going to have to do all my due diligence in trying to like flood the market with my actual IP, not some, yeah. not some, uh, computer some, some computer. And then secondly, you know, I'm, I'm going to take it here. Some of y'all be tripping on Nikki. Like, I think yeah. that she holds a space and I, and I'm a, I am a rap. Like if you on my Twitter, uh, at underscore dot P Warren, if you on, on my Twitter, I'm talking about music a lot, right? Mm -hmm. I'm tweeting random lyrics, but I love hip hop. I love rap. I love just everything, trap, everything, drill, mm -hmm. everything. One of the biggest things about Nicki when it comes to female artists, I believe that that it ain't her hating. Now, maybe because she be feeding into like this bullyish type behavior sometimes, maybe, right? But as it stands, ain't nobody making the music she's making. Yeah. She goes on a hiatus her, yeah. and drop Red Ruby the Sleeves. And I mean, the bars on that is, you can't argue with that, right? You can't argue with that versus promote. I mean, y'all be wanting Nicki to move out the way so y'all can promote Sexy Red. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> understand that. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's fair though. No, I'm, I mean, like that's who you want. Oh, you, you wanted her to you move want out her the way to get the market meet back mediocre. Yeah, and that's 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 the real issue. They want her to go away so they can do mediocre. When they're not stuff wanting to work, and that's the that's the what it come back down to. I'm just I'm. It's there. It's, okay, so. since we talking about mediocre, <laughs> we gonna transition to hot take number three, which is our last take of the intersection pod today. Do you think the incognito gig is up with Frank Ocean in regards to his latest Coachella performance? Oh, he's done. Frank's done. <laughs> Frank's done. I don't know. A sprained ankle, and you're gonna say you're gonna say that you're not gonna do. For those of you who don't know, so Frank Ocean obviously uh, performed the mediocre set, and then the next day, where he when he was supposed to be performing, he canceled it because he had a sprained ankle or something like that. He's just he, he's done. I just don't think that he. He's one of those people who's like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah. I don't think he's just that type of person. Like, I, I think that at, at first it was like a cool thing to be this mysterious artist. But now that he's been so incognito from the industry, it's like almost as if he's an anti, like an anti yeah. creator. Almost. I, I think we got to put like, context on perspective, though. I mean, on, not context on incognito, because incognito mysterious to be honest that's probably I, I i would argue that beyonce is probably a mysterious and an incognito artist as well right because i feel as though we don't see we see her in these pictures yeah right we see her maybe we don't see her interviews yeah right she, she don't interview she's not she's not big on like showing her family to the masses mm -hmm. right when we see her is when she has something to, for us to hear I'm seeing her, uh, July 12th, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that, when we see her, we have we, we, she's giving us something to hear. Some of these artists got a rod up their ass, and Frank probably uh, got a rod. <laughs> <laughs> he said pause. <laughs> Frank pause. probably, Frank, uh, you know, and Frank, Frank is... <laughs> Frank is... Frank is, um, I don't know. I think that's super pretentious to 
it's cool being incognito. We don't want to see you all. The, I don't want to see you yeah. all, all the time on my timeline. Anyway, right? I would prefer you to be in the back. But when it's time to shine. You're supposed to show up. Bro, when Beyonce did Coachella. Yeah, she shut it down. She shut it down. But She's, we hadn't seen her for a couple years before that. Yeah. So, like, like, she shut it down, though. And so, you telling me that you do this low vibrational set and then now your ankle sprain nigga you didn't even move no i think his ankle was sprained before that first performance because he was supposed to have ice skaters okay. like it was a whole performance was he, gonna that be was one of the... he was i think he was supposed to be in the ice that's somewhere. not hip-hop that's not hip-hop you well know. he's not a hip-hop artist i'm just i, I can't say what i want to say but that's just not hip-hop he was gonna be figure skating he wasn't gonna be figure skating. It was just a part of the oh, performance. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying he was. No, he. Hey, I don't know if no, I like that one. He, no, he wasn't figure skating. But he had over two hundred figure skaters there yeah. and changed them to backup dancers. Mm. So the set was already delayed because they had to melt all of this ice that they've been freezing in the middle of a desert for this performance. Yeah, like he in ain't... order to change this set and just for him to give a mid performance. We've seen artists do that before. Uh I went to go see Lauren Hill before and she didn't come out. Well, but she's known for doing that. Yeah, I would But here's the thing, when yeah. she comes out, it's a show. It's not like, yeah, you waiting. But sometimes she just don't come out. Yeah, she's done and that. And I'm before. not willing to take that chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's she's done that before. And I I'm haven't I haven't had that, that experience, but like she when she performs it's a show, and so I think that's an expectation. If you're gonna be an incognito artist, when it's time for us to hear you, you need to perform and show up. Absolutely. And hey, today we were at the intersection with Ortiz and P. Yes. And let us know your thoughts. But to to wrap it all up, I think that it's important for not only us as a community, but just as a culture to focus again on entrepreneurship to really get um, attack those resources because. These kids are doomed. Yeah. They, we doomed. Just, yeah, yeah. Because we probably, we doomed for other stuff, yeah. though. Like, we may not have Social Security and stuff. But these <laughs> kids, it's like the, they, it ain't going to be nobody left to recreate, like, procreate. No. All, like, they no. all killing each other. Yeah. It's very strange. And I feel like every generation has these problems. And it's like, as we come of age, we just notice these problems more. But I think that with our generation, if we apply ourselves, we can be that pivotal generation that does actually stop yeah. the stop the the domino effect of it just repeating itself. I'm so glad you just said that. I know we about the end, but I'm, I, my last piece is that I do want to encourage all my peers, our 20-somethings. It is our responsibility to have a little responsibility. Absolutely. It, it, it is. Uh, every every generation, we can blame the generation in the past. We will have to like reap some of the destruction that we are doing to our own community Absolutely. in our 20 something. Because we all in, have a little bit. Yeah. It. And being right. in your 20 somethings is not an excuse to just be reckless. You know what I'm saying? So like I, I really I'm glad you said that because that was on my head as well. Well good. Well thank you guys for watching and you know what the vibes is. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. it is. We keep it a <laughs> buck, we keep it real and we keep it moving. So see y'all next time.